You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. We just got to go, go out and, and express ourselves. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone. I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show a part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Aiden Osman after the Manchester City 6-1 thrashing of Saints at the Etihad. Aiden was there. Aiden was also scheduled to go down to Leicester City, uh, but of course that game was moved, and for the right reasons, it was uh, the right thing to do. I will talk a little bit about that uh, as we get uh, into the the discussion. Um, it's not a great, it's not a great happy time to to be a Saints fan. Uh, the conversation reflects that, and I will tell you right now there is some adult language um, in this discussion. I have beeped most of it, uh, and by most of it, I think I beeped all of it, um, but I may have missed one or two. So if that happens, I, I apologize, but just a word of warning, there is some adult language in this episode. So if you're listening with kids or you are offended by that, um, perhaps uh, skip over uh, portions of this. But anyway, um, I apologize for that, but we are frustrated. Um that said, November 5th is the day that I'm recording this. You will hear this on the 6th, but uh, for my brother whose birthday is today, happy birthday. I love you. Um, I really enjoy a lot of the things that we get to do together. Um, however, the amount of beer that I drank on Saturday night as a result of you, um, it being your birthday and celebration, um, made Sunday that much more difficult to watch because um, watching Manchester City beat us 6-1 through a hangover uh, was not that great. So anyway, uh, all of that said, um, the only other thing that I wanted to say before we started the show was that, uh, if you are a listener, uh, to the ugly inside, or you watch the, the ugly inside, or you follow them on social media, you'll know that Freddie, um, has been backing, uh, the Movember foundation, uh, or the charity that is dedicated to tackling prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, and suicide prevention for men. Um, this year, instead of going no shave November, which is basically where I just get really lazy, uh, and and don't shave. Um, I have gone full Movember in support of Freddie and the ugly inside and everybody at the Movember foundation. Um, my 13 year old son is less than happy. My wife is, is questioning some things. Um, mostly because we have family pictures next weekend and, um, the mustache I've chosen to grow is maybe a bit ridiculous, but um, that is the point. So people ask about it so I can talk about prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health and suicide prevention. Uh, I think that is important. So the link to, to Freddie's page, uh, where you can donate if you are interested is in the show notes. It is mobro.co slash the ugly inside, but the link is in the show notes. Click that. Um, 
and go ahead and donate if you feel uh, like you want to and you can and all of that stuff. So um, anyway, all of that said, Aiden Osman joins me this week. You can follow him on Twitter at Aiden underscore Osman 96. He's also on Instagram at Aiden Osman 96. He lives in Lincoln. He's going to school. He's finishing school. Um, so he made the trip over to Manchester City to watch uh, Saints take on, be on the field with, get off the team bus, I, however you want to say it. I mean, he was there. They were there. Football was played. Goals were scored. Uh, some people were happy. Saints fans probably were not. And there's been a lot of talk over Mark Hughes' job and everything else. Uh, an article that came out as I'm recording this kind of is um, saying that he has, if he, if, he, if he doesn't win on Saturday, then maybe he gets, he, gets, he gets the sack. We'll have to wait and see. None of that information is, is available as I am uh, recording this. And I've waited long enough. So here it is. Here's my conversation with Aiden Osmond. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, and I will just say this. If you are enjoying the show, um, first of all, make sure you're subscribed. Second of all, if you want to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, that would be great. If you want to tell a friend about it, that would also be great. I normally don't ask for that stuff at the beginning of the show, but uh, sometimes, according to some of the stats, people shut it off after we stop talking at the end. They don't listen to my nice um, end of this of the show thing, so I figured I'd give that to you now. But you did not tune in for six and a half minutes of me talking before we ever get to the conversation. So here we go. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Here's my conversation with Aiden Osman. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Aiden Osman. You can find him on Twitter at Aiden underscore Osman 96 and on Instagram at Aiden Osman 96. Aiden, welcome back. Thank you for joining the show after uh, the shellacking we took up at Manchester City uh, just a few hours ago. Um, how are you feeling after the travel uh, there and back to Lincoln and, and all that stuff? Well, I felt better coming back from games. Um, just very frustrated, very angry. Sometimes I just seem to wonder why I spend this much money following the club up and down the country just to see performances like that. Yeah, I mean, that has to be uh, on days like this where, I mean, there are ways to lose games, right? Like going into a Manchester City uh, match, you know, they are the champions. They're, they are beating everybody. They have a, a ton of points and they've only, I think, dropped points to Liverpool so far, I think, or maybe Wolves. Is that true? Um, I can't remember exactly. But uh, the point being, they're really good. Um, so we probably weren't expecting anything, but just to, to kind of get beat the way we did, I think is, is depressing a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's my biggest sort of, well, this is sort of my biggest pet hate in the season so far. We've played Liverpool, we've played Chelsea, we've played City, and in all of them, the players just don't look like they can be asked, to be honest. I wouldn't, I don't, like, I don't expect anything from these games, but I'd at least expect the players to work hard and play for what's on the chair and run for every ball, and they just don't do it. It's just like, oh, well, we're up against one of the better sides today. We're probably not going to get anything. Let's save it and go again next week. And, and I, that's got to be unacceptable, right? Like that, that's not a, at all what you would want. And that's not what I would expect out of myself or anybody else. Or I wouldn't let my kids act that way even, you know? So I, I, I think it's totally reasonable for people to be upset by that and to be kind of dismayed like that uh, or by that, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I, I, before we kind of get into into all of that, 
Um, how's life outside of, of following Saints? Yeah, it's all right. I'm just sort of dissertation-oriented at the minute, so all of my time is sort of going into looking at how ticket pricing affects attendances up and down the country, which, um, which is quite interesting. Um, obviously, kind of performances and the state of the club that you're supporting affects the attendances as well, but it's also about how sort of like the prices vary up and down the league from say the top end of the Premier League to the bottom end of the league too. And I mean, so I'm sure, I'm sure you you know then where Saints fall in that in that kind of category, right? In terms of season ticket pricing, at least. Yeah, yeah, we're um, we're one of the more expensive. Honestly, couldn't tell you why. We've seen only two home games, this, uh, two home wins this season in the league. Uh, well, in the league, no, not this season. Uh, this ca- calendar year, we've only seen Bournemouth and I think it was Watford in the FA Cup as the home win. Uh-huh. It's unacceptable for the price that the people who have season tickets are paying. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know, it'd be interesting to figure out what the the idea is behind kind of that 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 price. Because I don't, I don't in my mind, think of Southampton as being... You know, I, I would understand, I guess, if if, Lon- if a London club was charging some astronomical kind of ticket prices, you know, uh, given the area that it is and, and all that other stuff. But I don't, Southampton doesn't really uh, strike me as a, uh, I don't know, I, I would almost say more of a blue collar place. Is that, am I wrong in thinking that? Um, Kind of. I don't know. That down south in, in Southampton, um, people, people are obviously, you get, you get good places and bad places wherever you go. Um, the the more sort of like traditional British thing is that things are cheaper up north, so they're more expensive down south. Okay. But I think I think it's all sort of done on like on like average income of like the support of like disposable income that they can afford to spend. Okay. Just try and rent them for as much as you can. I, I guess just because when I was in Southampton, the only kind of part of of the city that I saw was down by the water, and it was like the. Uh... You know, I was, it was near like the shipping yard and then all of that stuff. So like, I just, that's what I associate with the city more is, is shipping and things like that. So, um, I don't know, whatever it's it, anyway, regardless of that, their fans aren't getting their money's worth, you know? <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, yeah. So no matter what. So, um, so today we'll talk about the, the match obviously at city and, um, you know, we, we originally kind of scheduled this and it looked like everything was falling into place because you do live up north currently and you were going to go down to, to Leicester City uh, for the midweek um, EFL Cup match, uh, of course, that was uh, moved. Uh, and I think rightly so as a result of, um, you know, the helicopter crash that, that uh, cost five people their lives, including uh, the owner of Leicester City Football Club. So um, I think it was it was right for them to, to you know move that and give them a chance to kind of deal with all of that and they got that emotional win yesterday of course um, and and you know that I I think as time goes on they will continue to kind of play that football and it's probably actually in terms of of our form uh, probably a better thing for us to to move that game to later and and maybe hopefully let them I don't know get some of the emotion out of it uh, and maybe give us a chance to to move past them and, the, and even though I hate to say that. Um, because football is not nearly as important as, you know, uh, people's lives. So I feel like a, a total, um, you know, jerk for saying that, but that's really from a football perspective. That's, that's how I was thinking about it. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It, it, it was obviously tragic for everyone. Um, 
rightly so the game with Luz and Pitstones. Um, obviously, we as a fan base know when we lost Marcus eight years ago, eight, eight, eight or seven or eight years ago, um, how devastating it can be to lose Mona that invested heavily and, you know, emotionally attached to the club. Um, hopefully for Leicester fans, this doesn't have too much of an impact because I think his son's taken over and um, they want to do is do him proud. But I completely agree um, that I'm kind of glad we're not the first team after the bat to play them directly. I think we need we need to allow time for it to settle down and um, hopefully pick up our own form as well because we've not won since the opening weekend of September, which is a token, and we need to get back to winning ways too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, it's going to be tough. I mean, th- obviously, this is the, maybe the toughest game of the season, right? I mean, the the reigning champions away when they are playing the way they are, that's probably uh, a pretty tough uh, match. But I don't really. The next one isn't any any really that that much easier. So uh, we'll have to have to see how that goes. Um, before we get into the game, one thing that I I, I put out this week. Um, in was it was a graphic uh, it was a comparison of, of Hughes to Pellegrino over over 10 games just because I thought that uh, the 10 game mark was a was a decent time to just kind of look um, and look back and, and look at how the start uh, of the season went and and not to say you know not all things are equal not all things that you know uh, Pellegrino's start was a little bit easier than Hughes's and all this stuff but um, you know when you look at the numbers they're not encouraging really you know um, and some people really took issue with this. Some people said, you know, this is, this is being too negative and this is all this stuff. And, and I, I can just say that I wasn't even necessarily calling for Hughes. I'm not calling for Hughes's job, but I am pointing out that, you know, uh, as a fan base, we've, we've gone through some changes in the past few years. Um, last year, everybody was, was, was clamoring because, uh, we thought that through 10 games, Pellegrino, uh, wasn't good enough. And granted the football was, um, extremely boring, but um, we had actually scored more goals under Pellegrino uh, through ten games than we have for uh, under Hughes this season. Uh, we have two more wins, uh, two fewer. Uh, we had two fewer losses. We were six points or six positions better off in the table. Um, and and I just like when you saw that when I what was your kind of thought um, looking at the numbers? Did did it change the way you were thinking about Hughes at all? Honestly. I'm starting to lose my patience a lot with Hughes. And it's about the same time that I lost my patience with Pellegrino. But the point is, we've, we've, we've sacked two managers. Granted, Pellegrino is probably, arguably, the worst manager the club has ever seen um, throughout his style. And then we sacked Puel as well. I remember that and calling for Puel's head. And I don't, I don't regret it, but I always think that the biggest thing is about calling for someone's head is who we're going to replace them with. So when I'm looking at Hughes now, um, in a worse position than what we were this time last year, playing roughly sort of the same amount of opposition, same level, not scoring as much, defensively worse. You know, it all it all comes into factor of maybe we should move him on and get someone else in. The point that I really want to know is, even if we do sack him, who 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 are we actually going to get in? Right. Because now I'm looking and thinking, who who's really want to come come to a club that's on the down 
at the moment. Yeah. And I, I think you would have looked a, a few years ago, kind of at the time that we brought in Powell and, and the, the club looked attractive. This would have been a place that a manager, uh, I think a lot of managers would have, would have uh, jumped at the opportunity to come down there and work. You know, uh, you have kind of a, a youth academy that is bringing people through. Um, you have a, a, a club that has and been able to identify players and, and come through and, and kind of, uh, you know, develop them a little bit and, and all that stuff. And, and maybe managers would have seen the the fact that you kind of have to sell a lot of players and you're not going to get a lot of support in the transfer market necessarily. Maybe that was a reason that people didn't want to come down there, but uh, I think you could have done pretty well um, bringing in, I don't want to say high profile managers, but, but managers that would uh, kind of excite the fan base. And I think that as time went on, now we're on our third manager in three seasons. I think the, the idea that you can just get, you know, a, a pretty decent manager in. I don't think that that flies as much because, you know, managers are looking over their job, their shoulder going like, you know, how much time am I going to be given? Um, what resources am I going to have? And uh, scouting networks are getting better all the time everywhere else. So maybe that, that kind of all works against us, I guess. Maybe. Um, I don't really know. Look, looking, looking at the past three managerial appointments, um, Puel's is really the only one that makes sense. I don't don't know if you knew a lot about him before he came to England, but um, he he, um, he he played good football at Nice. You know the football wasn't bad. Um, he helped bring through the youth over there, which was good. Which was obviously ticking a box here because the board felt like they lost the Southampton way a little bit with Cumin necessarily going more with his senior players and only playing the youth when he had to. Obviously, he had experience in managing throughout the European League. And, you know, by paper, it would have been a good... On paper, it looked like a good appointment at the time, even if you didn't know much about him. Um, obviously, things throughout the course of that season happened. You know, the dropping out of the Europa League, um, you know, by, by goal difference when we played for a draw and really we could have won the game. Um how we exited the FA Cup, you know, getting smashed 5-6-1 at home to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. It's disgraceful. Um, obviously, we'll always remember the EFL Cup final and the performance we put in. But it was sort of in that period after beating Liverpool and the EFL Cup final, we had two games that we won. And then throughout the rest of the season, it just got progressively worse and worse, where we were um, failing to score and hit the target. Gabby Dini got out injured. Um, you know, we failed to score at home. Players were getting booed. The manager was getting booed. I think the players lost a little bit of confidence in 12, which was probably part of the reason that he departed. And then we started to for a new manager, and we're bringing a manager that's... Um, by all accounts, done done well in the Liga. He he got Alaves to ninth in a cup final, I think, or you know, which was roughly whereabouts we were. But the difference was the style of play. I don't know if uh, many people saw Pellegrino and how his style of play was, but hearing that his time at Alaves, his style of play was basically Calvary, where you can time waste. Um, you'd be compact and you just try to hit teams on the counter and go about it that way. Obviously, he came in all right for about five games. Um, 
the rest the rest were pretty dire. And then Hughes Hughes was literally in his last camp saloon really, wasn't he? He was just sort of he's there, he's available, he's not been relegated, he's got experience, what have we got to lose? And then I think things were that bad that he it wasn't hard for him to turn things well, I say turn things around, it wasn't hard for him to get the players on side and, you know, getting them to do things. And which probably granted him deserving that three year deal that he got in the summer. But now looking at it, I'm thinking, is he really the right man to take us forward? Probably not. Yeah, and I don't think you're alone in, in kind of any of that thinking. And going back to the, the Puel sacking, I think a lot of people at that point, I think the ambitions of the club were different. You know, I think time was, uh, t- times were different at that point. And, and we would have been expecting to get out of the group stage of the Europa League and then make sure we were in it the following season as well. Um, the squad at that point was 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 big and bloated. It was it was ready to have um, multiple competitions kind of going on. And when those things kind of fall apart, um, and and then you kind of see maybe the I don't want to say personality conflicts, but the just the the kind of lack of I don't say leadership because I I think that makes Puel out, out to sound worse than he is. But it just some, something didn't work. And I don't necessarily think getting rid of him was the wrong call. Um, but I kind of think looking back on it now that the, the appointment of Pellegrino was really where they missed. And, you know, it, unfortunately you, you don't, it, it's really hard once you miss on a manager to, to kind of recover from that. And then you get to the Hughes situation and yeah, he was there and he did just enough to kind of make sure that we didn't go down. Um, I think, you know, getting that late goal, um, you know, against Swansea was, it was a huge kind of relief. Um, but you know, ultimately it, it just, we haven't really improved since then. And, and people say, you know, well, we lost Tadic. Um, we didn't really, you know, back in the transfer market. I mean, none of, none of the, none of the signings we spent the, you know, I think around 75 million pounds this summer and, and none of those guys started today, you know, whether it's the black box is failing or Hughes is failing to integrate people or, or there's, there's some sort of mismanagement going on somewhere that maybe not even be Hughes's fault. Um, but ultimately a lot of it's going to lay, uh, fall on his shoulders for now. And, uh, I don't know, it, it's frustrating to watch. And then, especially when you see them go out and, and do what they did today, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's not, it's not a real encouraging time, I guess, to be a Saints fan. Oh no, definitely not. But yeah, that is, that's an excellent point. We made however many signings in the summer and the only one that started today was Danny Ng. We went out and spent all this money on an attacking midfielder in, well, in, Midfielder slash winger in Elianusi, and he sat on the bench for Ward Prowse, who really today didn't really do much. His delivery was poor. He was absolutely atrocious for David Silver's goal, very static. Um, he didn't really offer much, which, to be fair to him, none of the players today really offered much. Bar, I don't know, Red, Redmond, Redmond looked positive. Lamina did okay in in the second half and obviously Ings tucking away the penalty but we all we all knew that underlining our defence was not great and we go out and spend all this money on one of the better defenders in the Bundesliga in Yannick Vestergaard who had the most blocks and by all accounts was an absolute monster of a man mm-hmm. and then he granted it's going to take time for him to settle into the league and all this, he's really, he's probably only made two or three mistakes and then two or three mistakes 
all came in one game. I mean, you look you look back at it, we probably spent the same amount of money on Wesley Hoot last year and he's not really improved. He came in and looked all right and then his confidence went and he scored two own goals this season. And he's, he's, as much as I've been defending him and saying he's done a lot of bits well, I can quite clearly see why a lot of the fan base are frustrated with him. But then, equally, Stevens was as poor today and he'd come through our academy. It's just, it's just what do you do? Who, who do you line up with and who do you trust? Because I think whoever you're going to start with as that centre-back partner, they need, they need a good three or four games to, to get to know each other and to build a foundation of a partnership to work on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, j- just one more thing before we, we jump into the, the, the game today. Football Fancast on Instagram put out a, a little sheet with some, some stats on it because people were saying, you know, we have uh, one of the defenses that people were throwing out for Hughes was that we've created all of these chances, you know, that we have, you know, what is it, like the third most chances created in all of the league. It's just our conversion. Um, and and what and stats obviously don't tell the entire story, but I think they sometimes force us to, to at least look at things differently than than we we see them because we don't pick up everything when we watch, obviously. And sometimes the stats are there to kind of check us. And it happens with me uh, kind of all all the time. So um, what it says is we are third in shots. This is going into this weekend. Um, We're fifth in the terms of the number of shots of our shots that have been blocked. We are 16th though with shots from inside the penalty box. Um, We are 14th from shots inside the six yard area or the six yard box. So, um, where we have the third most shots coming from outside of the box. So it looks like, you know, we are sure th- those goes down as, as chances, you know, created or shots or whatever, but not, they're not necessarily good ones. The, the, uh, the expected goals I think is only like three goals higher than we've actually scored uh, going into today. So it's, uh, I can't, I can't kind of accept the fact that it's not the strikers who are putting them away. It's the, the situations that we're getting ourselves into uh, are not, necessarily that conducive to scoring it's people taking shots from outside the box and if you look at the the, the goals that we've scored you know Ings puts one away from a, a penalty or sorry from a from a corner um, he's got that ball from Cedric that he slots home I think he's got two penalties then you got Hoiberg who hit him on the counterattack. you have Hoiberg from outside the area with the wonder strike and you have Bertrand uh, with kind of that that ball kind of rolling through that he hits you know uh, you know super hard and into the upper corner but that's it you know, if you and if you think about all the chances that we maybe had uh, that have been right in front of goal where people have missed, I think maybe it's three or four. You know, um, and, and so I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just needed to throw that out there. I guess uh, maybe I didn't need to, but I did. So there we go. Um, it's one of those to look at. I think um, looking at it. Um, well, I don't know if many things from got through to the end of match today. Luckily, after dinner, only one Newcastle. But um, <laughs> one of the analysis on there. Was um, <laughs> which what I thought was right was I think we're getting into the positions that our decision making in them positions and our decision making going forward just isn't good enough. Uh-huh. I don't know whether there's too much mentally that's going on to scoring goals and how we attack or it's worked too heavily on training and the the boys are just a bit too scared that they're going to f- it up. Um, it's it's all about the decision making, and when when it gets to the final third, our decision making has not been good enough. 
Right, right. We talked about that a little bit last week. There were a couple of instances, you know, Ellie Nussi had the chance to square it, I think, to Austin um, last week, and it didn't happen, and there was another chance for somebody else to square it uh, last week. And it's just like we, you know, we, we threw away essentially two goals uh, or two really good chances um, that don't even go down. They don't even get registered in the stats, which is one of, another reason why we say, you know, it's they don't tell the whole story because those don't show up in the stats because they weren't even, um, you know, shots that wanted to, you know, taking part or, t- or happening in the first place. But um, even though they probably should have been, should have been goals. Um, going into today, there were a lot of us that thought that Hughes was going to go into today with a back five potentially. Um, it would have seemed like the, uh, the realistic thing to do was to go there and hold out. But he's mentioned at his press conference that he wasn't willing to go there and sit back and hope to try to uh, keep it nil nil because he didn't think we could do that. And I, and I agree with him on that um, 100%. I wasn't surprised necessarily with the back four or the back five, if you include McCarthy. Um, That's the back four that's been the back four for a couple of games. And I'm not going to say, oh, we've kept two clean sheets. So that's totally fine because I'm not, I'm not keeping a clean sheet against Newcastle should not um, earn you all that much praise. Um, The rest of the team though, were you surprised that we went four, four, two against Manchester city? Were you expecting something else? Uh, Were you surprised Romeo wasn't in the lineup and I didn't hear anything why he wasn't there, but um, what, what at all surprised you about the way Hughes set the team out today, uh, if anything at all? I'm actually, yeah, I am quite surprised the Ray didn't start today. I am surprised with the lineup. I didn't think he'd go with a back four. I was expecting it to be probably the back three slash five that he brought in towards the back end of last season. Um, looking at it on paper, it probably wasn't 4 4 Looking at it in the ground, it, it seems more like a 4 5 one with. Shane Long playing out on the wing. Obviously, couldn't really tell you because what our game plan was because it will hell or leather. It just didn't seem like we had one. Well, yeah, and it goes out the window when you concede three times inside twenty minutes, right? Yeah, definitely. I think we did well. We conceded twice in fifteen at Newcastle, and that managed to get Pellegrino's back. And um, I don't know. I just I look at us now, and I just don't see Southampton having an identity on the pitch like I just I don't go into games and expecting how we're going to play or how we're going to line up anymore yeah it the the identity kind of seems to be to be gone and and there were were times today where the the team went out and pressed and not everybody pressed in Manchester City you know even even when it looked like we were getting close to kind of causing them some trouble when we were pressing them they never panicked they always looked comfortable and then as soon as they made that one pass uh, to get into the midfield, then it was just all bets are off. And now we, we are, I'm super worried that we were going to concede a goal. And I don't know. I don't think they ever really looked like they were, were stressed at all. I, I think when we scored, when we earned the penalty, it was kind of one of those things where Ederson had maybe gone to sleep a little bit. He wasn't in the game because he hadn't had anything to do. Like we really hadn't touched the ball in their half for most of, the, of, the, of, the, of that to that point in the first half. And so, you know, all of a sudden he maybe falls asleep a little bit and uh, we get the penalty and, and thank goodness that we, we were able to put it away. Um, although I hope we score another one because I don't want the, the goal of the month poll to come down to a one penalty uh, <laughs> against, against Manchester City. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at James Ward-Prowse today, he looked a little bit like he maybe hadn't played in a while and that's true. He hasn't had a whole lot of game time. Um, he didn't quite look up to it. Uh, I was hoping for something maybe a little bit more 
I don't want to say, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, even his deliveries didn't look like they were, were crisp, you know, and that's what we would have kind of needed against Manchester city was to take advantage of those kind of set piece opportunities when, when uh, they arrived. But um, I don't know. First goal, of course, is a hoot own goal. Um, I don't know where you want to, when you want to track that up to, I don't know, man, like uh, uh, inside the first 20 minutes when we concede three times, what, what, what happens in the away and what happens to the mood uh, where, where, where you're sitting to everybody around you? Oh, I think a lot of it was a lot of anger. I think there was a, there was a lot of language that was thrown about in the uh, first 20 minutes. The, fir- the first goal we conceded, I couldn't even tell you. They're all off celebrating and we're just like, Christ, here we go. I think, think when you see the first goal in, because we weren't going in to expect anything, it was more sort of, here we go. The second goal comes in. You just kind of, you just kind of know what kind of day it's going to be. You're just there like, come on, lads, just tighten up now. Let, let, let's not be stupid. And then that third goal goes in on the 18th minute. And um, my language, along with quite a few people around me, just in front, um, just a couple of rows in front of the pitch, was, uh, was uh, <laughs> explicit and adult only. Um, just, I, I, don't, I don't see what, what the point. I don't, like, clearly we weren't good enough in that first 20 minutes, but probably Mark Hughes is going to come out and say in his press conference that opening period cost us the game. Um, but you look at it, you're the manager, just teach my fucking defence. <laughs> you, you go into the champions and they're champions for a reason. You know, you know they're going to play a certain way in you know, they're going to express and they're going to try and look to exploit the spaces and cause your problems and do this. And not being fun, funny, but it was kind of, granted, you were meant to play Leicester on Tuesday, but now you've got an, you had an extra day's worth of preparation to prepare for City to look at how they were going to line up and to try and find a way of at least stopping it. Uh-huh. It's done. And I just look into it, comparing, comparing to how we went there last year, and I just think, just looking at it, it's just, it's just like I've, I've had enough. What what is the point? I don't I don't go to these games expecting wins or anything, but I go expecting a performance. And if if we are going to lose to City, make them work for it. Yeah, yeah. I think that going into today, I don't think anybody really expected anything. I think that's. I think we all can admit that. Um, but you just, like you said, you just would have expected more from the team and, and even, even trying to reduce expectations and, and basically just trying to save ourselves from a bunch of kind of embarrassment or disappointment or whatever it is, you still would have thought that as a team of professionals, they could have, like you said, tightened up and, and done it. Or are we just not giving City enough credit? Is City just that good? And that's the difference in class between the players. And I don't know, I, I'm unwilling maybe to, to admit that they are that much better than us you know, but they proved it today. But this is, then again, it's much the same team last season under Hughes at home, the last day of the season that took, you know, a, a stoppage time winner from Gabriel Jesus to, to, to take all three points from us. And so I don't think that the players are that much worse off than city are, you know, but 
when they play like they did today, it's it's hard to to give them kind of kind of the benefit of the doubt in terms of 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 their effort and and things like that. And and I don't know, I I, I don't know. It's it's like we said, it's it's not um, all all that great. Um, there's there's much doubt that City are the best team in this league, but honestly, I think we made it so so easy for them today. And if you're going to make it that easy for them, of course they're going to take advantage of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things that I would have been most frustrated by was the number of times that, that Sané or Sterling got down to kind of the end line and was able to kind of wrestle the ball away, keep it from going out for a, for a goal kick and, and pull it back and create a chance out of it. You know, that happened far too often, whether the ball just needs to be kicked out for a corner, whether you have to be stronger and holding the, the, the winger off, um, you have to do something more there uh, than we did. And that, I think that kind of encapsulates for me the problem is, is the decision-making isn't there, the kind of commitment to, 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 make, to not allowing the opponent to kind of have their way isn't there. And that, that's an issue. And, and the one thing that I thought Hughes would have been able to do when he came in was to make sure we did those things. You know, to make sure that the, the guys are up for playing every single week. And, and, and when I see that today, that I think is the most worrying thing. Um, you know, missed chances, fine. That, you know, you, you can practice that, but you can't practice uh, showing a little bit of heart. And I think that's an issue for me. Yeah, definitely. I think you, as, as a manager, you need to go in and you need to make sure that every player in that team plays for you and, you know, understands each and every role that they're going to do in every starting eleven they're in. And today I just don't think they're playing for him. And it would it really, really wouldn't surprise me if he was probably gone at the end of next month, Hughes. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know how the board's gonna do that. I mean the three year contract there has to be some sort of buyout there and I don't know I don't know. And and one reason we don't know is because we haven't heard anything from the owner. You know, or Les Reed or Ralph Kruger. There's been kind of no communication from the club. Uh, unless I've just completely missed it, but I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, it, I, I don't know if there was a positive for today. I think the, the fact that maybe Obafemi was in the squad, uh, the fact that he traveled, the fact that he got in the game. And it, I, I think that that is some sort of a positive. I mean, when nobody else is scoring, why not give him a shot? Uh, I would have hoped that he would have, there was one time I think he made a run that didn't really create anything, but you know, what is he? 19, 18. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive him for, for trying, you know, because that's at least what I want. I think that was the whole reason he was brought in, to be honest. I think it was, this is Man City. I think, it, to me, what it screams of is he was, Hughes was expecting us to lose, so he just thought he'd give the youngster a couple of minutes out on the Premier League just to, um, just to see if he could adapt and how he would look. Kind of like a trial run. And, it's this. It's he's good for Obafemi. Like, um, he made some good runs. You know, he, he he tried to get on the ball, bless him. He tried to create things happen. But when he's six one down, you know, it's clear to see we're not getting back in that game really. So I think it's kind of like a kick in the teeth to him. He's he's not really going to come on and make things different. Not kind of like how Marcus Rashford came into United and. You know, he was brought on and had to make a difference and brought in when the team needed him. It was kind of just sort of like, 
here's your cup, kid. Don't worry if you if you mess it up because we're only six one down. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not the the appropriate place to bring him in with the idea that he's going to come in and probably not have a lot of success. You know, and sometimes when you're trying to build people up and and kind of bring them along, you want them to be successful. Um, and and so you you kind of put them in situations where they can be, and and maybe this wasn't it, but maybe this is also where. You know, you just see if if you go out there and tell him maybe he's the only one that's not nervous on the entire team. Uh, he doesn't have anything to kind of worry about. Um, the expectations are low, so you you go in and if you do anything positive, then maybe uh, maybe maybe it gives you some confidence going forward. But um, I don't think he has anything to hang his head about. Uh, I thought he he did just fine. Um, and then of course Moy and Armstrong came on uh, eventually, and uh, it didn't really change anything. Um, Shane Long missed some chances. Uh, nothing new uh, to talk about there. Um, but, but to be completely honest, like I, I don't really have anything else on the game. You know, uh, I think the fact the game was moved uh, to Sunday, which I think uh, caused some people to, to not be able to attend. That is a, a horrendously long trip from Southampton to Manchester um, to play it on a Sunday afternoon uh, to not play the the lunchtime kickoff, which I know makes it harder to get there, but maybe more time to get back. Uh, I think that 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 hurts a lot of the uh, the Southampton fans from being able to get there and stuff. But um, I don't know. Like, do you have anything else from the game that really like stands out that you you think needs to be noted here? There's, I don't really know. I personally, there's a few players in that team that I would. Um, Happily never seen a Southampton shirt ever again. I think it's all about all about how you set up and the mentality. And the mentality wasn't there today. And the mentality and all of this has to lie on the head of the manager. I think realistically, he he went to he went to Liverpool in September uh, a few weeks back and said, "Oh well, my mentality there was just to damage from the taping." And today it didn't even look like that. Just, you have you have to you have to look at him and think. You you clearly don't know what your best side is. You clearly don't know what you want to achieve with this group of players. Um, and I think realistically, and it's such a shame to say it after the way he kept us up, but I think it's about time he probably left or was called for to lose his head. But saying that, I know the the underlying problems of the club are a lot deeper than that because it all goes down to the fact that, um, well, Kat sold us to Gal and he's literally come in and he's not done anything. And I understand, you know, probably Katrina not wanting to be as heavily invested in us because it wasn't really her dream, it was more sort of her father's. Right. But, you know, at least tell us to someone who actually wants to, you know, develop the club and put us back to where we could be, rather than just a bloke that come in and that's changed nothing. We've, we've, lit, we're literally, we've, we've not, that heavily investment that we spent in the summer, it's all probably come from the sales of Virgil and Paddock and, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of it. It's, you, don't, you don't know where the rest of the money is coming, going, you know, the, the TV money and all of that. Yeah, and it's just, it's really frustrating because we, I just, I don't, I've never felt so distant from the club as I have in the last two years. I don't know. I think the sentiment online 
at least is, is it kind of agrees with you that the club doesn't feel um, as close to people as it did in, in recent years. And I think has done for a long time. Um, you know, you have people who have had season tickets who have done everything in their power uh, to, to make sure they were at matches and stuff that just, they're not getting the joy out of it that they used to. Um, and they are still going, but that, I don't know how long that goes on. I know people will say that, you know, the club is for life and I totally agree with that. You know, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I don't think many of us are going anywhere, but to, to drum up the kind of enthusiasm for the club every single week, uh, gets, gets hard when you go out and see things like we've seen the past few weeks, because even going back to last week, uh, and the week before there wasn't a whole lot there to get excited about. There wasn't a whole lot there to, to say like, this is the club there. I'm fighting for them and they're fighting for me. There is, there's, there's very little of that, I think. Um, and, and I think it's, uh, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to, to see how this gets better, um, soon, uh, whether the manager stays or goes or anything else. Yeah, I'd, I'd completely agree to that. And I wouldn't, you know, I probably wouldn't slate anyone who chose to stay at home today because realistically we're going to see and we know we're not going to get anything, but you know, I think the, I think the decision for me is once, once you pay that money to go and support the club and you're in the ground, you, you give them all the support you can get. Granted, if they're not giving you anything back, I can understand why you wouldn't go to, you know, the following game or an away one. But for me, and I'll always say this, every, every game I'm into, I always go and support the club yeah. through thick and thin. Like, you know, today, today we lost 6-1. You know, I could I could go to Leicester at the end of the month and we could win their three three four nil with the rearranged ticket or you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't change. I think I can I can understand people not wanting to go to games, but I think if you you've committed to that decision of going to the game and you're there, you know, why not get behind the team? You know, the support the support clearly will have an input. If if you know, if the support is shown, you know, it there's gotta be a some point where it gives and um, you know the play the actual play for the shirt at the end of every match uh, i tend to ask uh people for a, a short summary uh because city scores six goals i said six words um and mine was just pep was finally wrong about something because he spoke this week about how we were it was going to be really difficult for them uh that we were uh he basically built us up and whether that was just press conference talk or whether that was his memory of last year um you know, a lot of people uh, had uh, had some fun with that quote um, because it just didn't really seem like he was being honest, you know. And then, you know, he came out today and they just they absolutely wiped the floor with us. Um, but a couple of people have some things and I'll read some of them and then we'll kind of uh, we'll kind of move on. But it says Martin Tooth, who is at Toothy 73 on Twitter, says season not defined by city away, which I totally agree. Um, somebody came back and said, though, that, you know, it is if the manager stays that that has an impact. Um, Steve M, who's at Steve seventy six M, says Hughes out, Reed out, Kruger out. Um, Lee Callender, uh, who is the coach at the Southampton Women's Football Club, says season ticket for sale. Any takers? AJ Reardon, who is at Fred Lazaro five, says I thought it couldn't get any worse. Um, Saint Foo Fighter says simple as board and read out. Uh, Dan, who is at Holy Hoiberg, says, what's the effing point anymore? I don't know. And then there's St. Saint Mike B, who writes uh, six of them. He says, nothing expected, nothing delivered. We're down. That's one of them. One win in 11. We're down. Shane Long being played. 
we're down. Hughes given more time, we're down. The owners don't care. The owner doesn't care anymore. We're down. Sack the board and the manager. Um, it did, it did. I don't think you can argue with a lot of what was said there, to be honest. Um, somebody then, uh, Joe C, who's at Joe C163, says, Hughes out, Hughes out, Hughes out. I don't know. I mean, y- you can't really fault anybody for, for having those feelings, can you? No, definitely not. Because, you know, it does look doom and gloom. And realistically, we've not got any better from where we were last season. I mean, I know that year-on-year progression is is difficult, which is probably why we had a little bit of regression under 12. Um, granted, it was playing quite quite well in the playing style, which ultimately lost in himself. Um, but when you have a season as bad and as long and as frustrating and just angry as we did last season, you just think we can't get, we literally can't get any worse. I mean, and you'd, you'd probably be right for thinking that in most cases, but you look at this season, you know, we've, we've not won a home game yet. What, what literally, I, I can, what is the point? Like, because the whole point, the whole point of, you know, bringing this manager in and giving him all this time is so that he improves us. And have we really improved? No, we haven't. And, you know, realistically, are we going to improve? Probably not. Not with him in charge. It's just, it's just so frustrating because you can, you, can t- you can see the players there and we all know what they're capable of. And the fact that they're not delivering it is the biggest frustration. And it just, it, it's just so frustrating. You, just, you, you, you don't know what to do with yourself because realistically you look at the games that we've that we've not picked up points from and you know you know you take away you take out of the season that we've had you take you take today away you take Liverpool away away you probably take Chelsea at home away as well because they were in excellent form new manager the rest of it win at Palace you know that's that's good that's positive point against Burnley off the Europa League you know who, who had an excellent season last season? I, you know, I probably, I wouldn't be unimpressed with that. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be gloating about it. I wouldn't be thinking, yes, we've, we've, you know, we've got a really good point here. But maybe away from home, it's a bit different. Um, Leicester at home, you know, a game that we go one nil up in, you know, we we let a lead slip, we were poor defensively. You know, and realistically, I look at Leicester and I think they're sort of the level that we that we are and we could be. You know, we're, we're probably, we're not in that top six category anymore. We're probably not in the seventh or eighth category, but we're in, we're in that category where we could at least be between eighth and tenth, where you've got ninth, tenth and potentially eighth, depends on the teams around you. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Newcastle at home. You know, rock bottom of the league. Hadn't won a game this season. You failed to beat them. You, it's just Brighton. Brighton. You should not. You should not be throwing a two-goal lead away to home at Brighton. It just, it couldn't be done. If if you are two 0 up, you know you see that game out. And but the minute the minute we bag that penalty and Brighton get that free kick, I turn to my friend and I go, Yeah, you watch it. You watch us concede here. And then, you know, lo and behold, we do. Yeah. It's, 
it's it's the games of the teams in and around us that we're not performing. I can I can understand, you know, probably having a new off game against like a City or a Liverpool or a Chelsea because they are the better teams in the league and they are, you know, the teams that you expect to be winning silverware year upon year. But we're, we're just not getting the, the games against the teams in and around us in successful points, at least picking up points or at least picking up wins. I'm looking at it now and I'm thinking the teams that are in and around us are probably Huddersfield, who honestly have just been awful all season, Cardiff, who everyone expects to go down, Fulham, who plays some brilliant football but can't defend, you know, probably, probably Newcastle as well. Because Newcastle are having a torrid time and you look at their squad and they're just not good enough. And that's that's not where I expect Southampton to be. Yeah, yeah. I guess one of the things we can look at is if you look at Manchester City's results this year, we're not the first team this has happened to, right? Um, Huddersfield, they beat 6-1. Um, Newcastle, for some reason, they only beat 2-1. Cardiff City, 5-0. Burnley five nothing, and then and then us six one. So it it happens, you know. But I don't think it takes away from the fact that we've seen these issues with with our squad. Take Man City away from it. We've seen these issues with our own team. We've seen the lack of progression going forward. We've seen the kind of uh, all of this, and and all of that kind of plays a role in uh, how I think the fans feel about um, moving forward and about the direction the team's going, and and the fact that we felt we've fallen from. Um, you know, taking points away or at least challenging teams who are in the top six to beating everybody else to now we are struggling to take points away from people on the bottom of the table. And if you do that enough, there's only one other thing you can kind of fall to and that's going down a level to the championship. And, and I'm not saying that at this point in the season that we're there already, uh, you know, there's still a lot of, of things that need to happen and a lot of chances for us to, to turn it around. But the signs aren't good. It, you, all, all things kind of point uh, in the direction of us continuing to slide rather than uh, turning this around, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think you look at how some of the teams played in City and lost. They, I think you look at Burnley's 5-0. They, they were in that game for a long time, you know, and they had their own chances and, you know, a couple of the symptoms didn't go that way. Fulham, Fulham came here and gave them a go. You know, it's I don't I, I can understand losing to him and probably in like it's it's the way you do it. And I would much rather be coming away from how from today losing how Burnley lost, where I can at least say, oh well, we had a go and you know, you know, a few big decisions didn't go our way. To you know, literally, what have we done? We we literally we would be there to. Crying stand in City's way, and we didn't do it. Yeah, um, and I think that goes along with the uh, Courtney Louise White's um, kind of comment, where she just says, "Absolutely bloody disgusting performance, no fight." And I think that's true. There was there was very little uh, there, and, and I know for a fact she is somebody who travels up uh, to almost every away match, and she was up there today, um, and that's that's just not good enough. Um, also, underscore Ben uh, dot McGreevy says Mark Hughes out literally anyone, in which. Makes me laugh. Um, all right, so we have questions both from Twitter and Instagram, and we'll try to take some time to answer um, some of them. Uh, obviously, not all of them. 
first of all, did you have a chance to look at any of the ones that, that came in on the questions? And, and are there any that you want to make sure you answer? Um, I had a look at one of them. I think I only saw one of them on Twitter. Okay. It was that from Blake? And it was uh, the one asking if you yeah. were the Southampton manager or GM and had the opportunity to tear it all down. Which player would you sell first and which would you build around? Is that, was it that one? Okay. Um, there was another one from Tim Marshall who it kind of came in later and he just kind of asked, he said, who would actually be worth keeping uh, in the Saints FC team? He says he's got McCarthy, um, Hoiberg and Ings. So what maybe we'll get to, uh, to both of those, but to answer Blake's question first, um, he's at B L A Q E K S. If that was you, uh, who, who, who's out the door first? Who is the first one that you are selling? If you have that power. Now, this is an interesting question since there is at least the, f- the first person has to be Shane Long for me. I've just suffered. There is no way that a bloke who doesn't score, whose literally only attribute is to work hard, is a Premier League footballer. I, the, the bare minimum that I expect from people in the Saints shirt is to work hard. And he would be my first out of the door. He would probably be closely followed by Fraser Forster. James Ward-Prowse and Wesley Hoot for different reasons. But yeah, Shane Long would be the first player I would push out that door. I See, I think I would go with Forrester just because um, you know he's rumored to be the highest paid player on the books and he's not getting anywhere near the first team. I think his time there is pretty much done, so I would get rid of him first. Um, and I've said this before, I have a, a bit of a soft spot for Shane Long. I understand the frustration. He frustrates me too, but um, you know, as somebody who is not gifted at a lot of athletic uh, events, but works really hard, I can under, I, I have some sympathy or some empathy for him, I guess. Uh, I forget which one of those is correct in that, in that moment. Um, but I totally understand and will not stop anybody from trying to slate him because it, I think it is deserved. Um, I mean, who, who's the player you would build around then? Who's the, who's the person that you think has to stay to be kind of the linchpin? And I think I know who you're going to say, but, but I'll let you answer it. Ah, uh, see, for me, it's between two. And I think it'd either be Hoiberg or Lamina because they've, they're both sort of the quality. And the, I think it, I'm steering more towards Hoiberg because of like his professionalism and the, the way he goes about his business. Um, but obviously, we can also see the stupidity of Hoiberg with the red card he got against Leicester. Um, but difficult. I would either go with Hoiberg or Lamina because they are granted our best players and but I'm a big believer if you don't build a team around a player you build a team around a system and then you get the players to fit in that system sure sure um yeah but I, I think if you're going to do that you have to kind of think of uh if you're picking one player to keep I guess I think you have to think about um the the qualities and the personalities of those players and, and what they bring to the table in terms of leadership and I definitely think that that Hoiberg has a lot of those characteristics. Um, Tim says, uh, for in terms of his question, who would you keep? Uh, he says McCarthy, Hoiberg, and Ings. I can't fault him there. I'd, I'd probably keep Redmond as well, um, although you might be able to get, for some reason, his, his uh, I think a lot of people have come to his defense in, throughout football uh, outside of Southampton, and so I think that maybe you might be able to get a decent price for him um, to, to go elsewhere. So maybe that would be actually beneficial to, to, to get rid of him, uh, in that sense, even though I like him as a, as a player. So, um, that's not what we're asking here though. So I can't really say that. 
Yeah, who would you keep? Um, yeah, I'd probably agree with the fact that you said Redmond there, I'd, and I'd agree with the three states before in McCarthy, Hoiberg, and Ings. I'd also probably keep Gabby Dini because uh, we all know the quality he's got. Um, for some reason or another, he's, he's not getting any game time whatsoever. Um, I'd also probably keep Romeo because I think Romeo's been a great servant to the club and, you know, he's he's not necessarily, he's necessarily um, a player that you look at and think, wow, but he was patient. Uh, he, you know, he had a good season under 12. Um, you know, I look at him and I think, if I'm going to play in a formation or a system or a team where I'm probably going to need more men in the midfield, I'd put him in just to protect that back four. Um, I'd probably also keep Lamina. Despite his attitude, we all know how good he can be. And I think if you get the right manager in that can get Lamina working hard week in, week out, he'll be unstoppable. Um I don't even know. I, pro- I probably would spare all of the new signings as well. I'd keep them because they've not had a chance to prove what they're about. Sure. Armstrong looked decent in the first couple of weeks of the season, was never seen again. Um, Vestergaard, again, has looked strong, powerful, and I think he just needs time to adapt to the league. I really like Elianusi. Um, you know, he, he, he needs time to improve and develop. But yeah. Other than that, I can't can't really see who who you'd keep. Maybe Bertrand because he's the captain, and Stephen Davis for more sort of a senior role. But looking at it, it's not many that you'd keep really. No, no, and and just going through this, we're pulling players out, and these are you just realize how how maybe bloated the squad is, um, and how few of them that people would actually be willing to to keep it or or kind of have faith in at this point, which I think says a lot about how things have gone in recent uh, times. Um, we do have a couple of other questions. Um, Joey Slade underscore uh, responded on Instagram and he asks, who would you rather save in a birding building, Shane Long or a piping hot steak bake? Wow. Um, right now I'd have to say the steak bake. I'm absolutely starving. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd have, to, it'd have to be the state bake. As much as you'd never want to see anyone, um, you know, in a burning building, um, food, food comes first. Yeah, hey, it's priorities, man. Um, Chris Huskins, who has been on the show before uh, in Southampton, longtime fan, um, helped me out a lot with this podcast, actually. Uh, so thanks to Chris, but he says, should he stay or should he go? And then he mentions writing this as of 18 minutes into the city game and we're three, nothing down. Um, so, so what, I mean, what are your thoughts? I think we, we covered this a little bit earlier, but if you had to say just stay or go, well, what do you have to do with Hughes? And, and don't, you don't have to worry about uh, kind of all the other, the other factors in terms of replacing him and stuff like that. Just do you think he should stay or not? If I didn't have to worry about all the replacement factors and you know, who we're going to bring it, I'd say go. I just I don't see how he's improved or what he's going to do to keep us in this league at the moment. Yeah, maybe it's uh you know the the new manager bounce so to speak that didn't really happen last year anyway is definitely I think uh, gone and uh, he's struggling to to kind of motivate the guys as of today um, and and maybe you know not setting up with a back five today was wasn't it was a 
was a mistake, but I don't know. I, 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 I would have admired, like you said, I would have admired it had we gone out there and really gone for it. Um, and whether that was the plan or not going down three, nothing inside 20 minutes, I didn't really see us going for it at that point either. You know, it was kind of halfway between damage limitation and, and don't get embarrassed. And, um, I don't just run around a bit, you know, um, which is, which is unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I think I'm sure I've missed something, but I think that's, that's it in, in, in terms of questions, uh, in terms of, of topics. I mean, next weekend, uh, who, where do we go next weekend? Uh, is it, is it at home? I think to Watford, is that what it's, is that what's going on? Um, anyway, lots of, lots of football to come, but, uh, hopefully some points to pick up, but we will have to see. Um, but I think we safe to say that if we play like we did today, there will be no points being picked up. It doesn't matter who we play. Um, but there are games coming up where we're going to need, need some help, uh, and need to actually kind of improve because if you don't take points off Fulham, um, if you don't take points off Cardiff and you have to play, uh, United and Tottenham in there and Arsenal just after, uh, there are, there's, there, that, that's trouble. It spells trouble. And I'm not sure how much longer, uh, the board can yeah. sit idly by if that, if, you know, we head into the festive period, you know, with fewer than 10 points. Uh, I don't know how you deal with that. If we head into the festive period without, with less than probably 12 points, I'd say we'd need to pick up four points out of our next two, which is what we at home and pull them away. You know, ideally you'd want six. But then you look into the festive period. So you start off with Man United. Then you have Spurs. Uh, Cardiff away, which, you know, could, could potentially be a banana skin. Arsenal at home. Then there's another one. Huddersfield away, which, you know, they're going to be fighting for their lives and want something. West Ham at home. Uh, then City at home. And then Chelsea away. All in, all in the Christmas and New Year period. It's, it's not a great look set of fixtures. So we need, we need, we need to at least pick up four points out of the next two, yeah. just to give ourselves a chance against the teams that we're probably more likely going to get a point off. Yeah, yeah. Um, last thing to end the podcast. I just got a message from um, from underscore Ben dot McGreevy who sent in uh, a question earlier. Um, but he just says in the last six Premier League games, Wesley Hoot has scored more own goals than we've scored actual goals. And I think that sums it up. And that's enough for me for today. Um, I just want to go lay down, I think. Yeah, I think I'll join you there, mate. Get something to eat first. Uh, put some yeah. other mitts on before you grab the piping hot steak bake. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, man. Well, Aiden, um, once again, people can follow you. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, you're at Aiden underscore Osman 96 uh, on Twitter and at Aiden Osman 96 uh, on Instagram. And if I had to ask you for a place to go out and a place to visit um, on a Friday or Saturday evening, if I was in Lincoln, where would I go? Oh, in Lincoln. Oh, OK. Uh, I'd say big. Um, I'd say big, Keller. Honestly, it's a, it's a chain gem pub. Um, but. Honestly, everyone in Lincoln loves it. They, um, you know, it's a mix of sort of my generation, a little bit younger, a little bit older, and then the older generation. People just go in there and they just seem to have a good time and enjoy themselves. All right. And the name of that place was? Beer Keller. All right. There it is. Now you know. Um, all right, man. Well, I hope you have a good evening. I hope you get something to eat. And uh, hopefully 
you know, when we wake up and by next week, we'll all kind of be recovered from this and we'll move on and hopefully have something positive to talk about. Yeah, you'd like to hope so. Thank you for having me on. Anytime, man. Thank you. Thank you. that does it for episode 95 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Aiden Osman. Uh, thanks for joining me, Aiden. I appreciate it. If you want to follow him on Twitter, you can do that at Aiden underscore Osman 96. And on Instagram, he's at Aiden Osman 96. If you are in or live in the Lincoln area and you'd like to get a hold of him, you should do that. You should find him out. It's a good time. It's a much better time. Uh, then watching your team get pasted 6-1 on a Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Uh, with a hangover. Uh, Aiden is more fun than that. Um, and a lot more fun. That doesn't make him sound very good, actually. He's just a lot of fun. How's that? Um, other things that are more fun than watching us get pasted 6-1 at 7 a.m. on a Sunday through a hangover uh, is following the show on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram at SFCDELL underscore I-V-E-R-Y. And we're at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. Um, if you like having slightly less fun than that, you can email the show, the Southampton delivery at gmail.com. But no matter how you get in touch with us, uh, we really do appreciate it. The artwork for this show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Our partner is the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow them for all of your Southampton FC news and needs. Uh, I really do appreciate all of the work that all of the guys uh, put in over there to help support the show, uh, to help promote the show. I do appreciate it very much. The music for this show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. As I mentioned before, the link for the Movember uh, donation page is in the show notes. If you are interested, uh, feel free to head over there and donate or at least spread the word. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave a review on iTunes uh, if you are enjoying it that much. Um, all of that said, uh, we will be back next week with another show. But until then, remember that together... We march on.